morning we're reading in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil, and they sprang up quickly since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. And then the disciples asked for an explanation. And in verse 18, Jesus says, Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. This is what was sown on the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet such a person has no root, but endures only for a while, and when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word, and it yields nothing. But as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. Did you hear the odds Jesus gives us in this parable to respond well to the kingdom of God, three to one. Four different situations, three of them do not end well. Seeds are sown, but three kinds, three places, they die. Not great odds, 25%, right? Out of four choices, only one set does well. We want to beat the odds. We want to be in that group. But let's think about it for a moment. Jesus said some seeds fall on the path and birds come and eat them up. Other seeds fall on rocky ground. They do okay at first, but they don't go deep and the sun shines and they're scorched to death. The others fall among thorns. The thorns grow more quickly, Jesus says, and they're choked to death. But we need to think and ask ourselves the question, do you see yourself in any of those three situations? Do you see yourself in any of these situations? The first group where outside evil has come in and some other force has caused you to lose your faith? Or maybe you came to faith with great joy and enthusiasm at one time before, but lately you just haven't been giving your faith or God your attention. And so you started well, but there's a time of trial or trouble and your faith has not been strong. 
or the third group. Jesus says, fell among the thorns and it was choked to death. And in the explanation, he says, it was choked to death by the cares of the world and the lure of wealth. Do any of those sound familiar? Could any of those be applied to your life in terms of how you're living your life of faith or your life as a disciple? Did you notice how Jesus started this particular text? Listen, in my Bible, it's listen with an exclamation point. Listen! He's getting ready to say something important. At the end, he says again, anyone with ears to hear, listen. Listen. Are you listening to the words of Jesus? When we read Scripture here on Sunday, are you expecting God to speak to you a personal word through the words of Jesus? He's saying, listen, God will speak if we're listening. He says those are seeds, the fourth group, falling in good soil. That seed sown in good soil is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields. Some do respond in faith. Some do well. Those seeds grow. They're in good soil. He says it's like seeds in good soil. They're growing. They're flourishing. You see, the expectation is for those of us of faith is that we're to be growing. Jesus expecting us to respond in faith. God is offering us this kingdom, and we're to be growing. Life as a disciple is a life of growth. Life in the kingdom of God is a life of growth, Jesus is saying. Are you growing? It's an important question for people of faith to stop and ask themselves from time to time. What am I doing to grow? Have I done anything lately so that my faith is growing? So that I'm bearing fruit? So that God might be doing something through me? Am I responding in faith? Trevor Hudson is a Methodist pastor in South Africa. He has written this book, Discovering Our Spiritual Identity. The subtitle is Practices for God's Beloved. I'm using the subtitle as the series title for our sermons all during this month. I found it the most refreshing book I've ever read on spiritual growth, and I've read quite a few. A lot of them are pretty dry and dull. But this guy writes really well. I like what he wrote. I like the way that he was spurring my own spiritual growth. He has lots of ideas in the book. We can't cover all of them, but I'm going to touch on four of them this morning. Four different ways that we could be that seed that is growing. He says he finds that people who are not growing are not growing because they don't practice their faith. So he wants us to think about spiritual practices as a way to grow the first exercise i'm going to share with you that he talks about is one he calls clench your fist so i want you to do that with me for a moment just clench your fist he says feel the power feel the tension begin to build as you hold your fist like that then he says imagine that that represents you holding tight to all the things you value, your life, your career, your education, your loved ones, your hopes and dreams, you're holding them tight. Then he says, hear the words of Jesus. 
Do not be afraid, O little flock, for it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And then he says, if you're ready to receive it, relax your fingers. Allow the tension to flow away. Open your hands. He says it's only with open hands that we can receive gifts. It's only with open hands that we can receive the gifts of God that are prepared for us. That Jesus says God wants to give us in the kingdom. Open your hands. Open your hearts. Receive the kingdom. That's one thing you could practice all every morning this week during your prayer or devotional time. Or if you don't have one, set aside just a little time and try that. Think about all those things you're trying to control, you're trying to hold on to. And then, if you're willing, offer them to God and see what gifts God has to offer you. A second practice, Hudson. Oh, I left out there. If you're following the outline, clenching the fists and opening the hands, great symbol of repentance. He says, you know, we have to turn again and again to God. We have to open ourselves over and over if we're going to receive the gifts of God throughout our life. So this is a good reminder that we need to open ourselves to God's Spirit throughout our lives. Okay, the second practice, if we want to receive the Word or make sure we're a seed that is growing, is using what he calls little affirmations. Little affirmations. He says this is like a favorite Bible verse that you repeat yourself all through the day or maybe a brief prayer that you make sure that you say every few hours during the day or he says that it even could be just the name of Jesus as a way to remind ourselves that God is ever present that God has come to us in Christ Jesus our Lord and is indeed with us in every moment of our lives he tells the story of a missionary way back in 1930 who was assigned to the Philippines who was really struggling with his assignment and what he was supposed to be about. He said he began to practice this idea of little affirmations, reminding himself, God has called me, God is here, God is helping me. And then he says the fellow notes 30 days into this practice that he indeed felt like he was closer to God and that in fact, he had a greater sense of God guiding and directing his life. He said it was like an unseen hand leading him. He said he saw more and more opportunity to serve Christ during those 30 days than he had seen before. Then he had a quote from the journal Hudson does from this missionary who says, I put it in your outline, that he felt like he was a violin out of tune with the orchestra. And at last is in harmony with the music of the universe. Isn't that a wonderful image? To be in harmony with the music of the universe because you know that God is leading you and guiding you, prompting you, providing for you, and you're finally responding in faith. Little affirmations. That's a practice that we could use this week to make sure we're a seed that's growing. A third practice that Hudson suggested I think we could think about, maybe use, is to pray for others. Now, a lot of people do that. A lot of people suggest that we pray for others. Now, he has kind of a, a specific way to do this. He says we should remember our model prayer, our Lord's Prayer that Paul led us in earlier that doesn't start with my Father, but our Father. 
He says so often we get caught up in our own issues that we forget we're a part of a large family and we forget to pray for others in the family. He said we should be doing that and it would help us grow if we would. He said particularly if you know somebody who's struggling Someone you know personally, if you know their name, he says, use their name. That's the specific suggestion he makes, is that we use the Lord's Prayer as a way to pray specifically for another. Use the Lord's Prayer. He says it's like this. He, he says he has a friend, Debbie, who's struggling. So if he was using this practice, it would sound like this. Our Father in heaven, may Debbie live today with reverence toward you. Please reign and rule in her life. Do your will in her as it is done in heaven. Give her the things she needs for today. Forgive Debbie's sin as she forgives those who sin against her. Bring her through her trials and temptations and deliver her from every kind of evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours forever. Amen. I began to think about that. I could pray that way for some people. But I began to think, what if I knew people were praying for me that way? That people were lifting up my name and prayers for me by using the Lord's Prayer. I thought that would really nurture my soul. Would you like it if someone was praying for you every morning using the Lord's Prayer, but inserting your name? Would that nurture your spiritual life? I think it might. I think it would be good for us to consider using that practice as a way, a way to make sure that we're receiving the word and then sharing it with others through prayer. Here's the last practice to make sure that we're rooted in good soil, growing in the kingdom of God, especially if you're one that feels like you were the one that got left on the path and devoured or you were discarded or trampled or you're being choked to death. This would be a really good one for you to start with, I think. Hudson calls it the beloved charter, the beloved charter. He says that Scripture is full of verses that talk about how much God loves us. But he said in his own life, he has trouble really believing it, that he struggled. He didn't grow up in the church, he says, and he kind of struggles with this notion that, that God really loves